Our text for meditation, this Septuagesima Sunday, is on our Old Testament reading. Hear the word of our Lord from Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim, where there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Oreb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I am going to be accused of laziness. I am going to be accused of neglect for what I'm about to say, but that is okay. We are entering into the period of Shrovetide, or pre-Lent. And over the next few weeks, before we hit Ash Wednesday, we are going to be talking all about these three Sundays before Ash Wednesday and their significance in preaching. And for that reason, in a remembrance of why we have pre-Lent historically, every single sermon until Ash Wednesday is going to be improvised. There, I said it. It is going to be improvised in honor of the reason for the season. Let me explain with how we celebrate Septuagesima. Now, this is Septuagesima Sunday. And if you're wondering what that is, well, Septuagesima is just a silly-sounding Latin word that means 70th. It is approximately 70 days from Easter, beginning what we nowadays we call it pre-Lent, but typically for the past thousand years it has been called Shrovetide. Now what is Shrovetide? It comes from an English word shrive in the about a thousand AD, where that more or less means absolution. Absolution, forgiveness of sins. Pre-Lent, or Shrovetide, is a period where we focus on confessing our sins and receiving forgiveness. Perhaps you are used to giving something up for Lent, engaging in a Lenten sacrifice. But this is the season where you can ease yourself into it. After all, in some of the older churches out there, they had 70 days of fasting and Lenten sacrifices, but it was around the time of Clovis I 
that they kind of put a stop to that and said, hey, no, let's just do our fasts for Lent. But I digress. I earnestly hope that Shrovetide makes a comeback in the church year, that people re-emphasize it. Because Shrovetide, beginning with Septuagesima, reminds us of how things really are. And it reminds us of the proper order of salvation. On this Sunday, Septuagesima, the beginning of the Shrovetide season, we are reminded of a grave truth which most believers have failed to notice for the past five or six thousand years. It means 70th. 70 days to Easter, approximately, and that corresponds with the 70 years that Judah spent in exile after the Babylonians took Jerusalem in 586 BC. That's why we don't have an 80th day before Easter for Shrovetide. The church wants to recognize a state of exile. Now, during Lent, we identify with Christ's sufferings, and we spend time in penance recognizing that our sins are the reason our Savior bled and died for us. But if we understand the state we are in, we will understand the need for our Savior that we look to for deliverance. That state we are in is exile. The church is not only in exile currently, she has always been in exile. Ever since the fall in Eden, anyway, we have been in a form of exile. And in our Old Testament reading today, we have an example of a people that do not recognize that fact. You see, earth used to be our home. Now it is not. In the Garden of Eden, we were kicked out of the garden on account of eating the forbidden fruit, disobeying God. From there, we were no longer the rulers and masters of the earth. The devil was the one who took over that mantle. By force, it seems. He's a liar and a murderer. But earth is no longer our home. The animals are no longer our friends. We no longer have a state of untested righteousness and innocence. And this is why in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the saint that wrote it talks about looking for a new home, a heavenly place that we trust in our Lord for. Being in exile means you are not at your home. And because we are born in the earth, it might feel like it's home to us, but it is not because the earth itself placed under a curse was made no longer a homeland for us. And so we suffer persecution ever since Cain slew Abel. And so we suffer wandering, wondering what on earth we are supposed to do as we walk in this earthly path. The same as Abraham wandering in his way to Canaan to obey the Lord, but then finding himself in all sorts of dire straits and hard situations and learning to trust God. Now, thankfully, in exile here on earth, we have a promise of something. We have a promise of a homeland. We have the promise of a paradise coming to us that our exile one day will end. 
And of course, this is pictured, it is foreshadowed with the children of Israel in the Exodus. Hey, there is a promised land. You are not home in Egypt, and you are not home in the wilderness of sin. But one day, you will be home in the promised land. Promised to your forefathers and promised to you. Did the children of Israel really believe that? Kind of. They knew about that. They knew that there was a land, but they had a hard time grasping that wherever they were, if it was not home, if it was not what God had given them, then it wasn't going to be a pretty place. It wasn't going to be the place they wanted it to be. So they camp at Rephidim. They wait for water. They find no water. But they expect it. They look at Moses and say, give us water to drink. What are you doing? We're going to dehydrate. Our cattle are going to die. Our children are going to shrivel up like raisins and curl up and die. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt? Don't you know that that was, well, I guess we can't call it home anymore. Moses cries to the Lord, what, what am I going to do with these people? They're going to kill me. You're the one who told us to camp here, God. What do you want us to do? So God tells Moses to provide. Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Oreb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. Yes, we are in exile here on the earth. Septuagesima is a day for remembering that. Just like the children of Israel had to wander in the wilderness before going to the promised land, what is that other than a continued exile? After the self-imposed and then slavery-imposed exile in Egypt, they were barred from home until the time was right. Same as Adam and Eve were cast out of home to wander the earth and try to make a living in a now hostile world. The same as the children of Judah had to learn through exile in Babylon that one day you'll be back home, but for now you are not. And the church is in the same position. It always has been. Don't let anybody point to the past of some glorious way Christendom looked. For crying out loud, we have never had proper Christian rulers. We have never had people that do what is supposed to be done. We have never had heaven on earth. Maybe, maybe the closest you can get to that is when Solomon was king. For a teeny tiny little flash in the pan moment, uh, everybody was rich. The temple had just been built. God's presence was on all of Israel and especially at the temple with the glory cloud showing up. And everybody was happy. And then Solomon ruins it. And the children of Israel follow him in it. The closest we have ever gotten to having a righteous people and a righteous ruler was ruined within just a few years. Don't tell me that we are not in exile, surrounded by hostility, surrounded by hostile actors, and with a very distinct sense that we are not 
home. The Christian should not be comfortable here on earth as a member of earth. We are not of the world. We shouldn't get too comfortable. In our Old Testament reading, the children of Israel don't get that. They don't understand that you're not going to be comfortable when you are not of this world. They say, give us water to drink. You know, we had water in Egypt. There was the Nile. Why do you want us and our kids and our livestock to die with thirst? This should be like home. We should be able to stay here. But God says, no, you're going to have to pass on through this. In the quarreling, oh my goodness. We have had nothing but quarreling in the church for 2,000 years. We've never been happy with how things are here on the earth. But nonetheless, that's where we are today. That's where we always were. We need to recognize that Shrove Tide's importance comes from seeing that we are in exile and seeing that it is our sin that brought us here. Yet, Still, God provides for us. He promised you a homeland. He promised you an end to your exile. He promised you a heavenly place to dwell. The new heavens and the new earth are promised to us. A deliverer was promised to us that would lead us there. Why wouldn't God provide for you in the meantime? To make sure that you make it to that promised land. To make sure that you are brought there safe and sound. There might be suffering in exile. There might be pain. But at the end of the journey, there is truly a home for you. And that is what God is teaching us when we look at the waters at Massa and Meribah. We are in exile, but he provides. So moving forward, as we start to prepare for Lent, we recognize that now is a time of confession and absolution. Because Lent is not about you. Lent is about Christ, what he went through for you, on account of you, to ensure that you will have that home, that promised land of the new heavens and the new earth. He did that for you. But Shrovetide is about you and me. What kind of mess did we find ourselves in? First, we start out with the recognition that we are in exile on account of our sins. And we recognize that there is a future for us that we really should be looking forward to. And we recognize that we are powerless to provide for ourselves. That is the meaning of exile. We are in a wilderness looking to God to provide water for us. And so every sermon, this Shrovetide, will be improvised. I'm going to have to trust in God to bring words out and hopefully edify people that are hearing. It's uncomfortable. Trust me, I do not like doing improvised sermons. I like working with transcripts and reading off of them to get just that perfect little message out. But instead, as the children of Israel awaited water from the rock, so too should we trust in the Lord to edify us. Lord, have mercy on this poor preacher that I should have to improvise everything as I'm reading and studying. 
but we will trust in the Lord to edify us, to feed us, to bring us safely to the promised land, even when we are in a place that looks barren. Now the peace of our Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.